Welcome to another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm laughing already, Dan. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. I'm joined by Dan Lamagna. What's up, Dan? JB, man, I don't know what you're laughing at. This is like the new norm here. We, we are the potentially the first ever football podcast that is bringing in the virtual, you know, the AR world into the virtual world here. And these are things we talk about in our Discord, like food. We, our food channel is hot right now in the Discord. It is, it is. Technology. And, of course, can't wait to get into some running backs today. Yeah, well, we'll see how long this lasts, and that might be it for those those fancy goggles that Dan's got going on there. But today, you know, last week we spent time talking about quarterbacks that we were looking to invest in, and then we kind of did a uh, one-year outlook, right, on several quarterbacks. I, I grouped them in threes, and we talked about who is going to have the highest value, who is going to have the lowest value a year from now. Now, Today, it's going to be a little interesting because we're talking about running backs and when to acquire, how much to pay, uh, the overall strategy involved. So if this is a, hey, should we be looking to acquire running backs right now at this point in the offseason, this could be like a 10-second show. Uh, let's wait until the season comes along. All right. Thanks for tuning in. But, you know, Dan, it kind of kicks off the show with the first question here. Ideally... When are you looking to acquire running backs? Because again, b before the combine, before free agency, the NFL draft, there were so many question marks, especially at a very uh, uh, fragile position already. And then you start to incorporate the, the shorter shelf life, the running back position. It, it's a tough one. No doubt, man. And, you know, hey, here on Dynasty Theory, we're about to do a deep dive. And, you know, your, your show, no show notes is always, John, just like we're like an exercise in, a, you know, off-season studying where I'm looking at these veterans, I'm looking at these young guys, and it's got me thinking about startups very early here in February. But um, I'm going to continue to, you know, I, I've mentioned in past episodes, my philosophy on running backs has changed. And I think there's an aggressive value you sort of want to have, you know, sort of like, you know, John Cena's old ruthless aggression, but uh, within limits, I want to find my RB one, but not until after I get my QB one and my wide receiver one. And then I just kind of shift into best value. So I may or may not go after my RB one in that third round, but if there's just that young elite receiver or that QB two that there probably is going to be, it may not happen into the fourth. But I definitely want to anchor my roster with one relatively young RB1 that's going to give me a lot of good production. And then just be aggressive the rest of the way. You know, because at the same breath, if you snooze on this position too much, your rosters could be really weak. So aggressive but not too aggressive, I guess, would be my answer. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, getting some comments here uh, via DM that for some reason this episode was set up a little funky and – comments cannot be dropped in the chat let me hmm. see no because apparently it was checked yes it's made for kids so let's update that Weird. not a john right, should, i know all right we should be good to go now anyway now that we're back on track i don't know if you're watching live uh just refresh and then maybe it'll work and then we'll see some comments trickle in but like you said dan running back certainly it, it is the it's the most precarious situation position, if you will, and then it is the the one that you can really skate by by not having necessarily an anchor running back. 
if you go out and get your high-end quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, especially in two PPR or a start two tight end league, you can go in and you can plug and play these dirt cheap options. You know, you're finding guys on the waiver wire as the season progresses. You're getting guys that can give you uh, weekly production because of an injury for a second round pick. Uh, and the thing with running backs is we want to wait for as much information as possible, typically, right? You know, like I said, we have the NFL combine, we have the free agency, the draft, obviously, those two being the big ones. And once we get into May, June, July, you can kind of see how the running back fields, the splits are playing out, whether it's practice reports, uh, different beat writers, people that are out there on, on Twitter or whatever platform you're on. But we also see if we can avoid those injuries. You know, there's nothing worse than going out, acquiring a player, and then like during the, the, the OTAs, you see, boom already out for the season because of an injury. It's like, oh my goodness, I just acquired him. So the the more we have in terms of information, the longer we can go without necessarily going out and paying face value for running backs, really the, the value is not going to be all that different if you would look to acquire today versus August or September. Maybe it goes up a little bit, but I think that it's offset by the, the uh risk being minimized because we have more information just working through the comments here we're in it's working dan vision pro through jb off uh wes let's go let's go so today we're going to talk about some of these veteran running backs and again take this episode with a grain of salt put an asterisk next to it because the re Really, there is no reason to to push and go out to acquire guys today. But again, this would be a very boring episode if we came on and said just that. So I think really getting ahead of of those two uh, uh, timestamps throughout the offseason, those two events in free agency in the NFL draft, we can kind of navigate the running back landscape. Dan, you always like when I say landscape, you're like, what are we doing? Cutting our hedges? Are we, are we mowing the lawn? What are we doing? But we're going to go through some veteran running backs. I'm going to pit them against a 2024 rookie pick. Assume 12-team super flex, two PPR for tight ends across the board for every single one of these situations. And then, just like we did last week with the quarterbacks, I'm going to give Dan groups of three. We got four, five, five. I had to think about that. Five different groups of three that are similarly valued today. And let's see how we think this plays out over the next year. All right, Dan. So I'm putting Dan through the gauntlet here. JB, before you put me through that gauntlet, I'll be really interested as we go through this to see what our listeners in the chat kind of what their RB philosophy is. Because I think the important thing of this exercise is you got to go into your drafts or your off seasons with a plan. And the way we go through the show tonight, you know, you're talking about those veteran running backs, but we're comparing it versus the rookie picks coming mm -hmm. in. And then I think later on in the show, you're going to get into some young running backs. So we look at that whole landscape, but I think the big difference from in the past, you, you know, JB, I used to love like trading the farm to get that CMC or that Saquon or G Jonathan Taylor when they were hot. You just don't have to do that anymore. Cause unless that guy has a mega year, you're really going to regret that trade. And there is enough depth at this option between rookies, between two RB committees, and you can still get those stars out of value. Yeah, absolutely. And the the production and getting those difference makers, it really is 
uh, few and far between, right? And finding those guys, like if you would have found a Kyron Williams going into last year before that value was really inflated. Uh, Wes says, is it just me or does it seem like the Raiders also go into the offseason without a plan? Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, who's there Don't be the Raiders. I was going to say, Luke Getze, I saw that news. It's been a busy last couple of days, but I, you know, uh, saw that come through. There was the the Kingsbury situation, and then it was kind of strange. He backed out, and you know who knows what's going on. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that, I mean that's a great comment. Uh, we got B Ford join me as I walk the dogs. There is sun here again. It, I gotta say, Gorgeous you know this day. isn't a, a weather podcast, but I don't know about over in in Dan's neck of the woods. It is beautiful here in Pittsburgh today. JB, opposite side of the state, man. That sun is shining. I'm with you. It is beautiful. Mike in the chat. I don't remember the famous philosopher who said this, but I think the best quote about running backs is screw them running backs. I had to edit a little bit. Uh, And Dan, you know how I am. Sometimes I start reading the comments without reading the whole comment first. I was worried about you there. I was trying to beep in early. I know. PG. I said, I'm like Ron Burgundy in the teleprompter, whatever <laughs> comes up. Uh, you know, I, I just read it. All right. So Christian McCaffrey, you know, the the highest valued, really veteran running back here. And I wanted to go with guys that have been in the league a few seasons. So we're not going to really, until we get to the, the bottom section here of the notes, get into a B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall type situation. But Christian McCaffrey and uh, additional context, I am in the middle, I think, round 15 of a startup draft. And for additional context, I want to provide where these guys went in terms of their pick, where they went compared to the rookie picks, and then where they were within the position, okay? So in this startup, it's a 12-team super flex, uh, tight end premium. Christian McCaffrey went 312 right after the 104, and he was running back five in this draft. He's going to be 28 years old, contract through the 2025 season. You know, knock on wood, if he stays healthy, this 49ers team, it is the perfect situation for Christian McCaffrey. You know, not to say that he needs that perfect situation, but it just furthers, it raises his ceiling. Because even when he has a bad game, he's still putting up 20 PPR points, and that's a bad game. So Christian McCaffrey, Versus 105 in the 2024 rookie draft. Again, just to reiterate, last time I'll do it, 12-team super flex, two PPR for tight ends. Where are you right now on McCaffrey or the 105? Man, I think when you made these notes, you're like, I'm going to get Dan really good and put like 105, that sweet spot, so he has to decide between like CMC and his boy Brock Bowers or, you know, getting a quarterback. Um, It was definitely difficult, JB, but, you know, Brian Ford, he has a good, you know, Point there, you know, is it a hot take at 28, you know, years of age, which is like an old man in, in running back time, uh, that he could do this again, you know, production with all the volume he's getting. But I think certain guys in the NFL are just built different. And, you know, Brian and everyone out there, I think he is, again, like a Derrick Henry, could do it longer than the average running back. I think they use him smart. I think he's got that pedigree. Just, you know, even if you take the volume back a little bit, the PPR, he is just the kind of running back that, as long as you don't mess up your draft and you have him and he just stays healthy most of the season, you're going to be in contention because he gets you all the running back points you need. As JB mentions on a bad week, he scores uh, two running backs 
uh, worth of points for you. So for me, JB, I'm going with McCaffrey over that 24-105, and I would definitely take him there in startups more likely than not. Yeah, I think running back five, certainly a, a little ageism creeps in. But if you're in a startup versus an existing league, I'm taking Bijan. I'm taking Gibbs. I think I did take Gibbs over McCaffrey in this draft. I think I took Gibbs 301. But it's always interesting to see that dynamic. And we always talk about it the difference between existing leagues and startups, because you go in to a startup, you know, obviously your team is not set. Again, obviously. And you're able to navigate through the startup building a brand new team and typically especially when it's february you're not looking at those veterans you just want those youthful assets you want the insulated value you want those picks that certainly should be rising in value now that's another conversation where the value of the picks happens to be today are they maxed out compared to the veterans we saw it in 2023 think about when it was the 2022 season, what people were paying for those 23 picks and they did kind of get maxed out early. So the whole thing, well, as the rookie drafts approach, those picks always rise in value. You know, sometimes there's situations where they don't, but Christian McCaffrey versus the one Oh five, I would go McCaffrey as well, but this is, this is where the interesting part of dynasty and the team builds and overall philosophy come into play. You know, B Ford's in the chat saying 105 and it's not close. That's where the, the trade opportunities open up, whether you're on the pick side or you're on the, the veteran side. Uh, but again, this is a situation. I if if a team has him in an existing league and they're a team that's built to win now, they're probably not gonna have interest in that you know, rookie draft pick because of the way their team is built. Whereas in the startup, clean slate, obviously, you know, like I said, things aren't set. But long story short, for me, I would also go McCaffrey over the 105, Dan. Yeah, JB, and I definitely, you know, respect what, you know, B Ford and Tidewater saying there, they, they prefer the 105, and it, it depends how you want to build your dynasty team. Um, you know, as you mentioned, whether if your team's built to win now or if you're building a team to win now, which is the, the kind of the, the model I take, I want them. Now, JB, I like that you said before you would take Bijan or Gibbs over them. I would too, because not only are you getting RB that also can help you win now, like you're not losing that in those guys. They're going to help you compete right away, but you're going to have them for a lot longer, at least you hope to. So I, I would take them first too. But before that 105, I, I want to win now. You know, this way I could buy nice things after the season. Yeah, more of your uh, fancy tech over there. Uh, Dan, Tony, Stark, Lamagna over there. Uh, that's okay, the, that's the model, buddy. That's the model, you know. All right, Kyron Williams mentioned him already, but he's one of those risers. You look at him; he is coming in right now, running back six on fantasy calc. He went five oh three in this most recent startup, right after the one oh seven, running back seven in this draft. He's going to be twenty four years old, contract through the twenty twenty five season. We saw him, uh, you know, in the production. In that offense, uh, it was the Rams offense. It was kind of that post-hype sleeper type situation where they come off the Super Bowl. They really uh, do not come close to expectations in 2022. And then in 23, you know, everybody, you know, loving Puka, Kyron, Matthew Stafford. 
B Ford, speaking of fancy tech, is Phil the Groundhog running Pittsburgh Internet today? Oh, is my am I am I lagging or am I? In the beginning, you had a couple sputters. You've been good for a while, I think. But oh man, I know you just did something with the internet too, didn't you? I just did the upgrade. What is going on? We'll talk internet after the show, man. Maybe I can give you some pointers there. Yeah, apparently. I I don't know. Well, hopefully it's tolerable. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Oh, before just being, you can't scare me like that, man. (laughs) Okay, so Kyron Williams or the 24-106. Let's go 107 because, again, that's where it was in the startup. You're even going easier on me now. But um, it would be Kyron Williams Williams for me. Now, I got to say, before these next, like, five six running backs that we're going to talk about and we look at draft picks over the next so many months we're going to do a lot of studying we're going to hear from a lot of people we respect in the industry we're going to get combine numbers we're going to get a lot of data so some of this could change a little bit depending on how the draft goes but for right now jb like my sweet spot is those first five picks after those first five picks right now i'm looking at these running backs and kyron is like cmc light to me and he's at a sweet age of 24 where I am all in on Kyron to help me win a, a dynasty championship. So I will take Kyron over the 106 or 107. I will take the first seven. Today. I will take the first seven picks over Kyron Williams. And, you know, I, I don't want to downplay the what Kyron Williams provided in 2023. And I don't want to say it's fairly easy for me. But 105 through 107, I have in the tier above Kyron. So for me, I, I wouldn't think twice about it. Uh, but again, that there are going to be people that are sharing Dan's mindset, and this is what opens up trade opportunities, something that we have not seen in, in recent weeks here across all of our dynasty leagues. All right, throw the red flag. JB, if it wasn't for him missing four weeks, where he is still RB5 overall. Despite missing four weeks, he was RB5. He was fantastic. Like, the volume's there. The team belief in him is there. The age is there. He's a fantasy winner. I, I struggle with not taking Kyron there. Listen, I, I have the receipts. Unfortunately, his 40 time kind of threw those receipts in the garbage. But I had him as my running back, too, before he ran that. And knowing that, that's why I struggle that from you, JB, because you were in early with me on him. I I have a decent amount of Kyron Williams shares, but if I can secure Drake May, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, and I know the the, uh, Dunze, he is kind of polarizing based on the metrics that some people are looking at, but I'm going to take those first seven picks without a doubt over Kyron Williams. Yeah, I was having Drake May go before those seven picks. I would agree with Drake May, but I think the, the top three quarterbacks go off the board. Marvin Harrison goes off the board. Brock Bowers and those tight end premiums. And it's between those potential stud receivers. Not and these run- there's no potential about it. Running backs we're talking about. There's no potential. I want. Oh, those- they're all guaranteed. They're, they're, they're all guaranteed. Malik Neighbors and Robodudze, they are guaranteed locked in. Uh, give, me, give me these soon-to-be absolute studs. Yeah, like I said, I need to see some combine numbers and some more game film. So I might come around in time. But as of today, right now, JB, I'm on Kyron. You know, and with Kyron, like Christian McCaffrey, in terms of the 49ers bring in any potential competition, I, I, I think you, you throw the age out, you throw the running back aspect out. I think we can all agree on that, right? 
that there, there is a minimal concern that competition is going to come in and really, you know, decrease Christian McCaffrey's value in his usage and production. But Kyron Williams, that concern, you know, I always say I, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but it's still only fifth round draft uh, pedigree, right? And that spreadsheets are killing you. Those let, spreadsheets have your blinders on. Let, to say that I would take the first seven picks over Kyron Williams in this year's draft isn't a knock on Kyron Williams. It speaks to the the first seven players that are coming off the board. You're holding uh, that fifth. You're, you're holding that fifth round draft capital and combine numbers against them. Is what I like. I think he's overcome that by now. Mitch, smartass. Mitch in the chat. Uh, being the you know fantastic husband he is, is not joining us today, obviously. But he says, I'm excited for there to be 30 stud-wide receivers in Dynasty. John Bauer guarantee, JBG, we know they're 100% accurate. February 4th, 1.20 p.m. Eastern time. All right? Lock in Roma Dunze, Malik neighbors. You know, that they're not going to bust. Bust proof. I'm not saying I disagree, but you sound like a used car salesman when you give that JB, you know, <laughs> guarantee there. I worry a little bit now. Any worry <laughs> I didn't have, I now have. Yeah. Listen, let me get you into this car that has 100,000 miles on it, only $900 a month. Come on, let's do it. You can pay seven years on that. Uh, so for me, I, I will go the pick over Kyron, but it seems like we have a nice balance here through two guys. You and I obviously going McCaffrey over the pick. You going, Kyron, I'm going the pick. And then there's been a split in the chat. For the most part, though, as expected, it seems like they are, and I say they, the folks in the chat, uh, a little bit more pick-friendly, as expected. All right, Saquon Barkley or the 2024-108. So in this startup, Barkley went 609. And obviously, this startup is just one startup. It's very uh, anecdotal, right? There are going to be, there's going to be variants. So as we get more data, I'll be putting information together and we'll be making comparisons, coming up with player ranges where you can expect them to go moving forward. But 609 in the most recent startup, right after the 108, running back 11 in the draft, Barkley is going to be 27 and he's a free agent. So Dan, do you want Barkley or the 108? You know, being that Barkley is going to become a Dallas Cowboy, JB, and I also think he's just a specimen that's built different. He will be the one free agent that's definitely going to find a home. If you said 107, we'd be having a different conversation. But at 108, there's just no way I'm passing up Saquon Barkley for you know a gamble on Bo Nix or that next tier of, of wide receivers that we're looking at in the draft. I'm going to go with Barkley again. Again, listeners, I apologize because I feel like you're going to be throwing tomatoes at me the, during this episode, man. But I just <laughs> I always want to win now, and I'll figure out how to get those receivers later or next year. Um, give me Barkley. But again, in it. You know, I, I said just saying, well, let's wait to do anything with running backs for the sake of this show and this conversation. That was not an option. But ideally, if you had to go out and pay that 108 today for Barkley, is it safe to say you would rather wait to see what happens in free agency in the NFL draft? Because really, how much higher is that value going to get? Yeah, like he can't land somewhere just terrible. And and JB, you know me too. Uh, like I live vicariously through you. I love that you and Mitch are like you guys are doing startups right now. 
and I kind of hear where those values are going, but I am a person that likes to see where the free agents land, where their coaches go, get the combine numbers in front of me, and then just have this well-calculated. I guess that's where I go in the spreadsheets, JB. After watching the film and seeing all the numbers, I put my own spreadsheets together, and then I'd have a more definitive answer. So, yeah, I would rather wait, but right now I'm just banking on talent and him landing somewhere good. I would roll the dice on Barkley. All right, I haven't seen any comments in the chat about that one. Barkley or the 108, guys, come on. John, John has us going to the different Texas team in Houston there. That could be exciting as well. I Listen, if we can get – I think there somebody is going to go to Houston. All right. Can't be Singletary again. Just can't. Somebody's going to Houston. And I, I keep saying there's going to be a lot of nice one-two punches throughout the league because not only – the the rookies coming in, the free agents that are going to be moving teams here. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Let's see. Wes, 108. Uh, Mitch says Miles Sanders. Oh, come on. Oh, All Mitch. right. I see, I see Luke in the chat. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. All right. Josh Jacobs. His value seems to be interesting right now. He is without a home right now. He's going to be 26. 705 in the most recent startup right after the 110 running back 14 in the draft josh jacobs of the 110 man i'm I'm gonna keep the train rolling i think he's at that age 26 where he's you know he's entered he's in his prime for running backs Um, but i think there's still a few good years in him he's a running back that wants to be great i don't see he's a guy that's going to be lazy remember that game versus detroit he goes over and shakes barry sanders hand and says hey man i want to be in your in your conversation in your world so again we're, we're dropping a couple more picks now jb we're at 110 again we're still probably looking at re- receivers or a bonix slide um give me josh jacobs he's another guy that gives me that rb1 that i could build my team around if i didn't get saquon or if i didn't get cmc you know i didn't get that anchor jonathan taylor type back i could slide and be happy with josh jacobs later because i built my team around some young quarterbacks and receivers before that so this is where it's interesting because I took that 110 over Josh Jacobs, right? And again, with it being a startup, with me kind of going, a, well, initially a younger build, and then I load up on old as dirt running backs, you better believe I snagged Austin Eckler at 13-1. You, you know I have Austin Eckler. But uh, <laughs> so I took the 110 over Josh Jacobs, but in an established league, depending on how the rest of my roster lines up, if that's my 110, I made the semifinals. I, I I think I lean Josh Jacobs there over the 110 in existing leagues with my team being built elsewhere. So I feel comfortable with my uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. Uh, Wes Jacobs is like the lowest I like to be for running back one. So give me him over the 110. Yeah, it, like, and this is for me what shows it to be really fair at least in my opinion startup give me the 110 established league right circumstance right situation i'm taking jacobs uh we talk about landscaping that's what you call hedging right there dan (laughs) hedging right uh so breaking up the the running back talk really quick luke do you think it makes sense to move up to two to make sure I get neighbors instead of number three. Is it, I'm, I'm assuming that's a one quarterback league. Drop in the chat there. We'll circle back. Uh, Timothy, 
it's tough when 10 may end up being a rookie running back with a good landing spot. And that's kind of the, the key right here. As things stand today, I have 110 as my my top three in the a tier of the incoming rookie running backs. Maybe a little bit higher draft capital and or landing spot is going to propel one of those up. Uh, so this is a one quarterback league, Dan. Do you move up to two to make sure you get neighbors instead of three? I mean, if he's your guy and you have that conviction, yes. Go all in and get your guy. I just kind of b- believe that philosophy. If that's who you want, don't have any regrets. Now, for me, I would say I, I would be more inclined to move down from two to three because I see Mitch in the chat. I'm fine with Rome. I I think both are going to be great. So if somebody wants to take neighbors, I'll take Roma Dunze at three, and I can be okay with that. And assuming I can get the extra draft capital and or a player that makes that trade down worth it for me. All right. Here's an interesting one. Nick Chubb. He's 28. He's going to be 28 when the season starts. Contract through 2024. Had the season-ending season injury coming back 11-11 in the most recent startup. Right after the 204, running back 29 in drafts, in, in this draft. I had Nick Chubb or the 201, and I think in existing leagues, that's kind of the price that's going to have to be paid as opposed to the 204 or 205. So where are you on Nick Chubb or the 201? This is probably the hardest one of this list. And these next two running backs we're going to go over, JB. When I think of the second round, if I went back to last year, to me, it doesn't almost matter where it's like 201, 203, 204. I just kind of always find those sweet spot guys that I like that I could get at a value. So if I didn't get, you know, I might get someone I like at 203, 204, more than who the guys picked before me at 201. You know, I go back to like a Josh Downs and a Jaden Reed last year, or you kind of see where Sharps goes or Roshan Johnson. Um, the, the trouble is Nick Chubb is 28 and he's coming off a knee injury. But I just think Nick Chubb is, again, another one of those running backs that is just physically built differently and is going to recover well three years or the second. Oh, man. I, I lean Chubb, JB, but I str- I could be – this is the one that I could just totally hate it and regret it later on because, man, a full career of a good guy at 201. Um, I think 201 is the right answer. Give me 201, <laughs> give me 202, give me 203. And I, I think that's going to be uh, – I see Wes. I'll take the 201. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm a Georgia fan, but that injury was very bad. Same, Tim. Man. Hey. That's the other problem. Subconsciously, that probably bothers me. Like, I'm still believing in Chubb. But... And then Jay from the Fantasy Effect team. Is it because Chubb is a Georgia Bulldog, Dan? Maybe. Could be a little bit of that. I, just, I love the guy. But, but 20, 28 years of age coming off a knee injury, 90-some percent of the time, I'm out on that. So two, 201, is, 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 is it is where I go once I take my uh, Apple Vision Pro goggles off. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dan, you, you need to work a deal because uh, you talk about me being like a used car salesman. You, I could see you being. These things are incredible. I, <laughs> uh, I will but, work at Apple when I retire. 
There you go. So yeah. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, running back 18, according to Fantasy Coke. His value has actually been rising since the season has ended because people weren't relying on his points, and now they're more inclined to go out and get him. I uh, He's still in red for me on the, the dynasty tiers, on the cross-positional tiers. I will move off of him, certainly, at that running back 18 value or for one of those early seconds. And it's the injury. It's Ford looking solid. Uh, who's to say they don't do something else at the running back position as well. And we'll see how that goes throughout the off yeah, season. JB too. We see it a lot. Like coming off that injury, there's a good chance he's going to get off to a slow start next year. And that's where you kind of try to trade for those guys and you get them at a value. You know, you, you trade something less and you, you keep that two Oh one. So two Oh one. All right, so I've taken part in two startups this offseason. I've landed this gentleman in both drafts. 9-11 in the most recent startup, right after the 202. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He was running back 18 in this draft. He's going to be 27 and a free agent. Dan, Tony Pollard or 202? Yeah, so here's a back where I'd have him that class of Nick Chubb, but he's healthy. He's a year younger. And haven't watched every Dallas game. Now a year removed from the surgery he underwent. Yep. We saw the slow start after his injury. Watched every Dallas game. He he looked more spry as the season went along. Dallas really had some schematic issues blocking in the run game. I think either he comes back on a team-friendly deal and hopefully Dallas fixes, fixes some of those run woes. Or he might that, be that guy going to Houston there and taking handoffs from C.J. Stroud. And you're going to love him. Um I think he's an excellent running back. I take Tony Pollard. Uh, John in the chat taking the 202. I'm smashing Tony Pollard here. You know, and the the fact in that draft, if it were up to me between the 202 and Pollard, I still would have gone Tony Pollard. Uh, the, the other running back is four foot two inches. <laughs> uh, all right. Another veteran here, Joe Mixon. 11-1 in the most recent startup. I took it. I'm just, I was collecting the dust, if you will. 11 1 in the most recent startup, right after the 203, running back 24 in the draft. Mixon's going to be 28, still going to be a Cincinnati Bengal here in the 24th season. Joe Mixon or 203. This is where I pass on the dust for the first time, and, and I take the 203. It's in that sweet range for me. Um, Mixon, like, I don't consider him built like those other special running backs. And I just find myself in like, he's inconsistent. Like I, I feel underwhelmed at times. And then when you're kind of out on him, I'll have like that two, three touchdown game or whatever. But uh, I think he's more 28 on the decline than 28 and has two, three more, you know, excellent seasons. So give me two Oh three. I have mixed. And he's, he, he's hard to move to JB. I, I'd say that's the other piece a little bit. I don't know. Maybe because Pollard's a, a cowboy and he's that shiny toy. Sometimes I had a, little, a lot of trouble getting him. Mixon's uh he's tougher to move off your roster and easier to re- acquire. I see lures in the chat. Did you already discuss Javante? He's a little too young for this, this conversation that starting here. Um, did I include him in the, I did not include him in the next section either. So we'll talk about that. in The discord here. We'll hop in and throw our thoughts. Uh, let's see. Uh, B Ford going Pollard there. Uh, Wes Pollard is landing spot dependent, but he'll take the 202 and see what happens after that. Uh, Joe Mixon, I have him tiered right with that that 110 to 203. He, uh, 
I, I think it, I think it's dead even, honestly. You know, as whereas before I said even if the two hundred two was available, I was taking Tony Pollard. If the two hundred three was still up, probably would have taken that over. What's going on here, Dan? What, do, Did I hit something? Oops. Sorry. Yeah, you're hitting, but <laughs> look, you're 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 seeing that I, I got garbage on the floor behind me. What like? It's like one of those the when when COVID first hit and everybody was doing the Zoom meetings at home and they'd have a dress shirt on and like pajama pants. That's what the floor is looking like over here. Uh, but I'll go the two hundred three. I think, uh, but I I wouldn't argue too much to be honest with you. All right, Derrick Henry or two hundred five. I'm 205 until Derrick Henry's a cowboy. Then you could take advantage of me uh, gladly, okay? All right. I'm putting so, that in the air too, just in case Barkley doesn't happen, JB. Someone's going there. Somebody's going there. So you're you guys are gonna have Saquon and Derrick Henry in the same backfield. Something. I, I'm just willing a better running back situation into the air because I don't know how all last year, you know, Rico Dowdle was the answer to compliment Pollard, and he was okay, but I'm just waiting for an improved running game in, in this upcoming season. And Henry's definitely a candidate. I'll take the 205 fairly easily. And because this very well at that price, most likely one of the last opportunities you're going to get to cash in on a running back that's 30 years old, free agent, running back 30 in this draft, right after the 204 at 1202. And, you know, but I, I said in the chat, my prediction is Derrick Henry and Antonio Gibson in that Dallas backfield. That's my prediction. All right, oh, man. Aaron Jones or two Oh six. He towards the end of the season. He looked fantastic. He's, he's 29 years old. He's still a green Bay Packer through the 24 season. Do they look to bring somebody else in AJ Dillon? He's probably on his way out here. His contracts up. So running back 23, he went right after the two Oh two. So I mean, 203 to 206 where do you draw the line versus Aaron Jones he's also you know again I joked with it until he's a cowboy with Henry but Aaron Jones it's like it's it's now or never I I, I think at 29 years old I'm out I'll get I'll take the 206 as well um I like Aaron Jones wait a minute wait so at 29 he's he's on his way out but you're gonna take Derrick Henry no, Henry's on his way out too. I just I'm making an exception to the rule. I'm, I'm gonna let him die on my roster as a cowboy for 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 one good season is what I'm saying. The the correct answer on both of them is 205 and 206. Um, I'm just I was giving you the opportunity to rip me off in a trade, JB, when uh, Henry goes to the Cowboys. That's all I'm saying. That that would change my pick, uh, you know, a couple months from now if that happens. But the correct correct answer is 205, 206. It's my total age discrimination, which normally you know I'm good at. Um, I just, I don't see enough production out of those guys for long enough of a time. I'd rather that second rounder. And before this is a uh, nail on the head here, I think we're in the zone now where it's totally dependent on what your team looks like in 2024 and completely agree. You know, you see whether at this point in the startups too, like those earlier rounds, when we were talking about Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, Saquon Barkley, you're still forming your team and that is what kind of pushed you one way or the other. But now with these Derrick Henry's, Joe Mixon's, Aaron Jones, if you're built to win now in these startups, you're probably going to be more willing to lean with this veteran running back as opposed to the pick that now doesn't make sense for your build. 
And same thing with existing leagues. So I, I completely agree there. I will go Aaron Jones over the 206. That line for me, the split right between 203 and 204. But these rookie picks and the tiers they're in, as we get more information, there's certainly going to be movement. I, you know, based on uh, all of the, the mock data in terms of the actual NFL and, you know, the, the mock database website and reports coming out, uh, we see what happens at the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, Daniel Jeremiah dropping all of his stuff and his top 50 prospects. You know, these rookie picks, they are going to shift. And then the Combine and the NFL draft with the draft capital and landing spot to an extent, they are going to come into play, and that's going to be the final pieces to the puzzle. So anything else on any of those those veterans there? Jones, Henry, Mixon, Pollard, Chubb, Jacobs, Barkley, Kyron, McCaffrey. Just a little bit of a gamble of when you think the wheels are going to fall off those guys. You know, and I, I, just, I think a couple of them based on age and then just their physical build might last a little bit longer. Uh, but we'll definitely watch their situations in free agency closely this offseason. All right. Uh, B Ford says Jones over Mixon. And he says, am I on a delay? Wes is calling me before you say them. Wes is just so tuned in. He just knows. He, he hacked our show notes. All right. So a little bit of rapid fire-ish situation here. We'll see how this goes. We always say rapid fire. And it's not so rapid. But similar to last week's show with the quarterbacks, I'm going to give you three running backs. One year from today, who is the highest valued player? Who is the lowest valued player? And then, of course, Who's in the middle? Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Brees Hall, and assume typical PPR, no PPC for this. This is a good trio, JB, because I think one year from now we expect them all to still be in that same cluster of backs. But uh, I will remain high on Bijan as we all are and say he's going to be the highest. And I would say Hall probably the lowest by default. You know, I mean, he still is with the Jets. They'll find a way to muff something to make him less than uh, the other two. So. Bijan highest, Hall the lowest, and Gibbs nipping at the heels of Bijan. But for you, you still feel very comfortable, it seems, with all three of these guys one year from today. 100%. Love them all. All right. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne. Boy, this is a tough one because of the age factor with McCaffrey and Etienne coming off an excellent year, and Taylor's kind of been up and down. But I'll go CMC the highest. I just, I'm giving him, again, just a little bit of a different window as exception of the rule based on talent productivity thinks he could stay healthy enough. And I'll go at ETN as the lowest. I just always kind of worry about injuries with him a little bit. And uh, hopefully Jonathan Taylor could get back to being consistent and be in the middle there, but that's a tough one. If I, I could see the listeners and UJB probably ripping that apart. You could go any which way with it. And I would not throw a challenge flag. I, that's how I felt with the first group. I, I think I would also go B John Gibbs and hall uh, in this group. I would go JT McCaffrey ETN, but I, hopefully we're splitting hairs and all these guys have fantastic right. 2024 seasons. All right. Kyron Williams, Devon HN, Kenneth Walker. I had Kyron as the highest that may get tell from earlier in the show. I just high on him in general at that age 24. And I really do consider him CMC light and I'll go with a chain as the lowest, just kind of going on my, Feelings from him from last year, a little gadgety, a little bit undersized. I think he'll have some moments, but I'd have him as the lowest. Rashad White in this, I think this is where it starts to get really interesting. Trying to project these guys a year out. Heck, 
it's difficult to project running backs two weeks out sometimes. But Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, James Cook. This was a fun one and a tough one. But, I, you know, he's a friend of the show, you know, thanks to your interview. So I'm going to go with Rashad White highest based on a little bit of biasness here. And uh, just overall productivity gambling Tampa Bay believes on him. And I have James Cook the lowest. And the, and the reason I do that is just watching him a little bit this year. There's, there's still some fumbling issues there. Um, there's some times I thought some other backs looked better than him. I mean, they still put in Ty Johnson and all these no-name guys. Pacheco, I worry a little bit about him just staying healthy as physical as he runs. So I had him in the middle. All right. And then Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, Roshan Johnson. Uh, this is another tough one, at least a tough one for the highest for me. But I'm going to roll the dice and say Roshan is the highest just based on potential opportunity. But come draft day, that could be out the window like that. Um, and I had Kendra Miller as lowest. I just haven't seen anything from him yet. Charbonnet looks steady, but didn't really wow us. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think it's for this group, Kendra Miller probably has the widest range of outcomes you know zach charbonnet dealing with kenneth walker i i think whatever you value him at today unless he really does get closer to a 50 50 split or starts to take the lead there it's going to be difficult to move him up at all but you're always going to have that baked in at least over the next two years or so well he's just kind of in a crummy situation because he's behind another second round NFL running back and Roshan Johnson, if he is serviceable in 2024, Khalil Herbert, free agent after 24, they'd probably bring somebody else in still. But I think Kendra Miller, because of the potential opportunity, depending on what happens with Alvin Kamara here in New Orleans, you know, does he come back? Do they do they move on? Um, I think Kendra could have the widest range of outcomes, but I think I would go Roshan Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, because of how I expect things to play out here in 2024. It'll be interesting with new coaching staffs, how their values are impacted. Final thoughts. Dan, on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, a little afternoon delight for the listeners, episode 232, talking about veteran running backs, where we might be buying, where we're selling, all that good stuff and all the the hurdles that these guys have to overcome and obstacles over the course of the offseason. But Dan, final thoughts, what do you got? Hey man, fun and fun Sunday afternoon episode here with you, JB and our dynasty uh, crazies in the in the chat. There made it even more fun. Uh, you know, we're getting a nice little jump start on this off season. It was quarterbacks last week, running backs today, and you know, my mind's just looking at that NFL off season schedule now. As I think this month of February, we're going to do a lot of evaluating, looking at our rankings, gearing up for the scouting combine, and then come March is when it gets really fun as free agents could start signing and trades could potentially happen, and then of course April the NFL draft. So. Keep tuning in. We'll, we'll keep putting this puzzle together as we get ready for the upcoming year, which can't come soon enough. Yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, I know it's tough to think about running backs right now with the way we all play Dynasty. Uh, next week, uh, well, this week now, Thursday, I think it's going to be a really fun show talking about wide receivers, and we'll hit tight ends the week after. On the Patreon, we did not do an episode of The Pivot Point this weekend. Mitch and I are in the process of putting together a written team review, breakdown, some trade ideas based on what that league looks like. So that's going to be coming out at some point later today for everybody to hopefully it sparks some ideas and gets the trade juices flowing. But anyway, for Mitch Sorensen, 
Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. Hopefully you all enjoy the show. We'll catch you next week.